Okay, so it's a slightly more unusual, I guess, to, to do church like this in terms of not just a full-on preach or not just them showing a story, but more an interview scenario. Um, we will do announcements at the end so that we'll time to put this away and to, to have a moment of worship. But I guess it does look a bit bizarre. It looks like I want to start a marriage counseling course. We don't know and uh, it's near the way it is. So for, for us, we've just to pretend that uh, we're just in a living room or we're at the barn car or something and we'll just forget about them and we'll just have a conversation. But if you didn't can, and it's great to see you so well supported by your folk at Turriff. I mean, that is just fantastic. But if you didn't can, Darren and Danella, they're the pastors at the Lighthouse Community Church in Turriff. And we thought it'd be good this morning especially since we went to Sunday morning services together, so they're meeting at Turriff while we meet here. Um, we always went to since so we're one church, two different locations, but it became more challenging when we couldn't attend the Saturday night um, gospel meeting once a month in Turriff. So uh, we thought we'd just take a morning and get a little update, take up a, a love offering for them and, and hear their heart. But you need to ken as well. Like we, as a fellowship leadership team, Hell Church, we fully support you, and we're so proud of you. You, you teen and leap. <laughs> you teen an unknown leap of faith. You journeyed where no man had been before, type of thing. And Nino Askin, no man's like Nino Askin, if it, we was really letting ourselves in for. But your microphone's on. So we're just mm. speaking as pals, right? Hello. Testing, testing. <laughs> okay. So, so firstly, again, this is now uh, your salvation story testimony, but I thought it'd be helpful, especially for people that didn't know, Kenya, did I, haven't I heard your story? Um, but when they went in the, the hell background, but how did you two come to faith in Jesus initially? <laughs> Uh, fun was it? Was it um, when you was growing up? Was it ten years ago? How did you ins come to faith? Um, so it just started off for me. Um, so I was brought up in an, a normal family. Like there was no uh, Christian talk or church or nothing. Um, I would have probably classed myself as if somebody asked me, "Do you believe there's a God?" I would have said yes. I, I didn't really think about it to be honest with you. Um, and then my, what actually happened was my mum and dad moved into a new house um, and their next door neighbour was a Christian and she kept asking my mum to come to this and that. And one day my mum said to me, will you go to this Alpha Supper? Um, it's at the country park and it's a free supper. Will you go along? And I had said, oh, I'm not going to that stuff. You go. And she goes, go on, go. I'll shut her up. Um, and I said, well, okay, I'll, I'll go because it's free. So I got a, a few of my pals and we went along because it was a free supper. Um, it was a Wednesday night, free supper, didn't have to cook, and it was in a pub, so it worked well. <laughs> and it was just down the road. Um, so I did the Alpha supper. I signed up to the Alpha along with uh, three of my friends and just continued the course of the Alpha. I think it was probably about week five that the Alpha leader that we had um, had shared her story that she, she had cancer and it had came back and she was so calm when she was explaining it to us and she had a daughter that was the same age as my daughter, my eldest daughter and I couldn't believe how calm she was and when she said that her, her kids belonged to God so he would protect them. So I just was like, oh my goodness. Um, so for me, that would have been, it was a week after that she wasn't there, and that's when I gave my heart to the Lord during a table, and um, that was the beginning of my journey, was it Alpha? Amazing. So how did you, so he was gone together, Danella gets saved. He how was my Bidian. He was How did you respond? Well, um, not great, because... <laughs> Me and Danella had only been gone with each other for about a month and a half. Um, 
well, it was a month and a half, two months. Um, and then she, I thought she was this normal quine, this guy, she's pretty sound. And then she started this church carry on, and I was like, ah, oh, nah, nah. I've been set up and trapped here, like, I'm the NS, like, um, and I've fair background on the church or anything. I had lost my mum and my sister uh, at a young age. Um, and I had drink and drug problems as well, probably, and gambling problems. And so I was totally the opposite end for searching for God. They wanted to even be near God. Um, but over a few weeks, a few months, it had been by, and uh, people kept on coming around the house. I think they were inviting them around Ross Penny. And I can of a lot of you can, but Ross Penny. Um, I mind him coming along into the house, and I mind thinking, I can't put there up to there, trying to trick me into this. Like, I'm not having nothing to do with it. Like, um, boys could do one here. Like, but um, Ross was different. He didn't do that, Kenny. He just came in as a normal lad, and I always got, I kind of got me thinking, for being such a young lad and having such a love for God and things, and I was like, well, actually, Kenny, he kind of shone, he shined his light. I didn't notice at the time, but it turned out he was shining his light into my life without me realizing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, a few things happened in life. I ended up, I turned, started going along to uh, church for a couple of times. And then not long after that, I was at Billy Graham, Will Graham celebration, I hope, in October. Um, and I ended up giving my heart to the Lord there on the first night. And then I went the second night, third night, fourth night, every night. And I just blown away mm-hmm. with uh, realizing how far Jesus was. And then... After that, we got baptized, did we? We got baptized aye, in the, the month, month after. after. Mm-hmm. So I was saved in the April. Darren was saved in the October at Will Graham. And then in the November, we both got baptized together. I would say that would be the moment for our walk properly aye, started. Aye. Like, I, I was, I mean, the service before we get, oh, the, the pastor had offered a chance to get baptized. And I had actually been out on the weekend before, having a couple of drinks, led to a lot of drinks. <laughs> and then I, about drugs, I got grassed in for Danella to the pasta. Thought I couldn't go to church again. And then the um, uh, pastor had spoken with me and, and explained that that's not how God works and, and things. And uh, I decided to get baptized, and that's where I kind of oh, started to happen. Good. <laughs> so you got saved and you got married. And it was our sort of surrounding today we do we do we mint now. We can we sit here today you've since planted a church in Turriff. Mm-hmm. It was the first leaning towards Turriff because I can before um you, you were involved. But why Turriff in Ewan's eyes? Why now something in Mint now or something in the Broch? What happened? What made you land in Turriff? Yeah, that's um Oh, yeah, that's what I ask God all the time. <laughs> why Turriff? <laughs> Even still, when I'm driving there, I'm like, why Turriff? It's so far. Um, but it would have been, myself. it would have been about a year and a half after I was saved. Um, I actually went through an operation, and I was recovering uh, for the operation. And um, there was a, a girl, uh, Kirsty. She actually, I met her at the church, and we were both the same age, and we we kind of bonded with each other there um, and one night um, I had a dream and in the dream it wasn't a bit tough at all the dream the dream I remember it was I just remember for the dream a really big hall and Grace my middle child was at the very corner of the hall and there was like a boy that was like picking on her in the hall and I remember in my dream dropping the boy off and telling him about Jesus and inviting him to church and he said, oh, I don't know if I'll be able to go to church. My mum wouldn't let me. And I said, well, um, I could speak to her. So that's all my dream was. But when I woke up in the morning, the n- night before we had been praying over champion leaflets, it was just leaflets that was going out in the church. So in the morning, I was, I don't know what, I just woke up and I remember thinking, wow, that was such a real dream. Like it felt so real. And I phoned Kirsty and said to Kirsty, oh, come down, I want to tell you about my God dream. And we were new Christians, a year's old, so you could, rem- you could quite imagine. We were like, oh, God spoke to me last night. Um, <laughs> and um, she came down and I says, I really believe I have to go to Turriff. I think I've got to go with these leaflets. I don't care why, but I think it's maybe a leaflet. Because when I woke up, my first thought in my head was, 
turf, like just randomly turf. So on that day, I was, we were getting ready. Kirsty was like, oh, let's go find God in turf. So I was doing um, Grace's hair and I found headlights in her hair. So we never went on the Monday. And then on the Tuesday, I woke up and I had such a strong, like in my head, I just kept thinking, go to turf, go to turf, go to turf. And I phoned Kirsty again. So she was like, oh, okay, um, let's go. So we headed along to Turriff, and when we went into Turriff, we, we don't know Turriff, we're not from Turriff at all. If we've ever went, it's pass, passing by, or if we ever went to, um, I don't know, the, I don't even care if it's Cardin, I'm going to Turriff, down the den thing. <laughs> um, so we went in, and we had saw like a building that said Outreach Christian Trust in a building, and we were like, oh, Christians, let's go. So we jumped out of the car, and on the window was only open on Tuesdays between this time. It was like, I can't remember, like, say, 10 and 2, and it was for drop-offs. And me and Kirsty looked at the window, and we were like, oh, so that's why Grace had head lice the day before, because if we went, the building would have been closed. So when we walked into the building, we had a yacht with them and stuff, and they were sorting stuff to go to Romania. It was like a sorting house for a Romanian charity. And on the wall the scripture I prayed the whole way to Turriff was written on the wall. Um, it was on like a petition. Um, and me and Kirsty came out of there skipping, thinking that we were going to Romania. We thought, oh my goodness, we're away to go to Romania. The God has called us. We're going to Romania. We were so excited. Um, but then, uh, like a few days after that, we had a beach outing. And one of the elders from the church that we went to, I was telling the story about it to him. And he actually said to me, you need to go back to this building and leave your name and number for a guy called Norman Ogston because he broke down just a couple of days ago outside my house and he came into my house and asked me to help him fix his tire. And he told me that he was at that, from that building, he was in Turriff and he had been praying for young people to help him with an alpha. So I went back and I actually think if I remember, I left Ross Penny's number. And um, because I thought, I don't know who these people are. They could be nutters. Ross said done a, Ross had actually I, done an outreach there before. Yeah, yeah. So, so Ross, well, that would have been part of the reason why I left Ross's number as well. One, because I thought there were maybe nutters. And the second one was, um, I was only one years old, you know. You, you come across some crazy people. And then the other reason would have been because Ross had told us a story about how he had been in that building before and how he had made connections with Norman before. So it made sense to leave Ross's number. So then a week after, I went there, and Norman had said straight away, he just looked straight at us and said, who is it the Lord said, who is it that the Lord has sent? And I was like, and you all turned to me and went, it's her. <laughs> and um, I was like, I don't know if he sent me. I, I, I don't know. And, um, and then he said that I've been praying in a house for, he said, years. I think it was, uh, I don't know. It was a long time anyway. He said he was praying for years with um, three other people for Turriff. And two of the people actually were from uh, a sister church to the one that we went to. So that's how I ended up there. <laughs> That's great. And then you, start, you got involved with your weekly youth outreach on a Friday night, um, and then you became rooted in the church here. So what was the, the leading to go to the youth to be planted here to, okay, let's plant a church in Turriff um, and see if it God would do? Because but I jump for a youth club to a church service. So it was a process there. Yeah. Uh, when, we, when we did a youth club, we opened a door up with Norman, and that's all we did was we would go there, we'd open a door, and we were just available for Norman. Um, and Norman was really faithful, and we just sat alongside Norman, and we would just engage with the kids. And that's all we did, and we were kind of happy doing that. Um, and then COVID, COVID hot. Um. I think um, even at the very beginning, well, at the very beginning of it, when you were went to go, when we found out, I was actually in Dublin when all this kind of really happened, and, and I came back to it all, and um, uh, I don't know, <laughs> um, and uh, I just was not interested in the youth, the youth at all. It wasn't something I was like, oh no, I don't want to go other way or the youth, but there was something that was always in our heart. It was about a church plant, but we kind of always buried it all the time. Like it got spoken about, it was like, oh no, we can't do that, mm -hmm. and we can't do this, and then during COVID. Um, 
well, I know how much the church was affected by COVID and what we were doing, but um, could only be good. We ended up um, being quite busy during COVID, serving the community in a way we could do it without breaking the rules or the, well, the COVID guidelines. Mm -hmm. um, and we managed to, a group of us was um, through the youth still working alongside each other, making up uh, shoe boxes for the community. And uh, we also did a secret Santa and got the actual community to do our job really for us. They, uh, we would say if there's anybody who wants a present, that you think should get a present, we could um, write to us and then we'll organize it and we'll do drop-offs. Mm -hmm. So the community were sort of uh, six o'clock at night where we're going to do it. And it was just amazing. Like, the community of Turriff was actually doing the Lord's work for us, and we were just doing the parking the boxes, getting the presents, going to the Chinese's and the chippers and all the restaurants in the area and buying vouchers, and they were blessing us by matching it. So when we was going and being able to hand these things out, we were like, we are doing a big bit of work here. We're busier now than we ever have been, and it's in lockdown. <laughs> we were in lockdown. So it really got us thinking about uh, the church. And then we said the scripture that Danella had been praying, uh, Kevin didn't came at the time, but the scripture that Danella had prayed all the way to Turriff, and it was on a wall. We really stood on that scripture uh, all through the hill to the very beginning of the youth right up until now, and we always will. Um, we prayed it over Kevin. <laughs> and we prayed it over Kevin, and it says, if, with James and Linda Strachan, uh, which is, and we prayed over them and says, Look, God, if this is for, if we're meant to plant a church now, highlight this scripture to Kevin and mark it known to us that you've highlighted this scripture to Kevin. Yeah. And we're like, We're off our heads, absolute off our heads. And uh, they think, and then about it, got on with our day, and it was less than 24 <laughs> hours later on the Bible app, uh, Kevin shared <laughs> the exact it. same scripture that we had prayed over the top of him. And we're like, oh no, we have got to hear this conversation now about the church. Like, what's going on? Like, we can't have a Dennis. So, when we went to see Kevin, my mum went to see you, we were like, the Lord spoke to us, <laughs> and he spoke to you as well. You were like, what? We were like, <laughs> I think you were a bit shocked. <laughs> yes. Do you mind the scripture? So I'll just pull a window yeah. for the scripture. Is. Mm -hmm. the scripture? The, your word is a lamp to my oh. feet and a light to my path. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, when we, we met, I'll just add my, my take on the story. Mm -hmm. So it came down to Nella for a few years. It became part of the church here. Um, but I always thought we them that um, they had this evangelistic, like, passion. And as some people, you see that they're called to be here long term, and you do their kids' dedications, you do the marriages, you do family funerals and stuff like that, and they just become part of the church and you see it's a long-term thing. We darned Nella and was quite open about us that we'd seen them in a sort of a different light, that some people just carry something, just be here, but to go and do something else. So I'm not sure if they were slightly unimpressed with me, because we met the barn car, and they presented this, uh, maybe they were just testing the water, <laughs> a vision for me to get involved with the youth club in Turriff. Are you minding us, right? Yes, I do. So they said, Kevin, can you help us who were lacking volunteers for Friday Night Youth Club in, in Turriff. So I was like, I'm just wasn't that excited. Like, I did youth club here for its table tennis, and I've got nothing against youth, but to travel every Friday night to, 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 to get on my youth camp on and my skinny jeans on and to, to, to try and blend in. I'm like, I'm going through a midlife crisis. I'm 40 year old. I'm, I'm just like, oh, no, Ken, it's just, I says, look, Fit about, Ken, okay, what would get me really excited would be you go to a building, let's fit about plant a church. Yeah. And then I'm not sure if it was yourself, Danella or Darren, didn't eyes lit up. And Darren says to Danella, I knew, I told you he was going to say that. Yeah. It wasn't just going to be about a youth club that was going to gather, uh, plant a church. Mm -hmm. And it was very, very exciting because Nino us had done this before. You see like Peter on the boat, okay, now you need to start working with no experience. And so we spoke to the leadership team here. We discussed it, we prayed about it, but we just felt a rightness about it. Um, I 
Ken, you had your own anxieties because you wasn't saved 20 years or 10 years. Yeah, I actually remember what you said, Kevin. I mean, you said um, when we when we had said to, Kevin said about planting a church. I was like, uh, what what will people think mm. of us planting a church? And then you told us your testimony about what happened with you being a pastor and. And we were like, oh, okay. So you were really excited about this more than I think I was in my mind. <laughs> Probably in the process, I was loads of Zoom calls between us and Elam with an Elam church. We got the backing of the top church planters there, Gary Gibbs, Jimmy Vowles, that have done this before. So I was really, really, really grateful for that. Mm -hmm. And then we launched. But there's a big change between becoming a member of a congregation and leading. And I'm going to ask you just... How did you navigate that, especially, I'll, I'll try and be specific, so you could, could hear a million different answers here. <coughs> when, you, when you become a leader, you're there, you're rooted, you're committed. Mm. Members of the congregation can come in, if they didn't agree with something, they can never come back a week after. Mm. But when you're a leader, you're here, you're committed, and people have differences of opinion, and you're still here the week after. I think one of the big lessons for any leader is how you deal with difference of opinions, mm -hmm. conflict, that because uh, things, especially when you are planting a new church, what I found was on paper, this was a smooth process. Elam, we got back in Elam, we had a building, we had a team, mm -hmm. smooth process, but then we, on paper, but then we quickly found things was blindsiding us, mm -hmm. people jumped on board and had different opinions and mm -hmm. very quickly uh, left, stuff like that. How have you dealt with that difference of opinion moments? Because yeah. I've seen you grow. I, I could probably tell mm. the fellowship here how I have seen you grow in that area. How have you felt you have grown yourself? Or now you're in leadership, uh, how do you deal with the process mm. or difference of opinions? I, I would say for me, I feel like you're quite good at it. You're quite natural. <laughs> but I just said last night, uh, just in the car with a couple of coins when we were having our supper, God's really given me more compassion. I'm more compassionate, I think. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're more compassionate. Um, but for me, um, it's just, I always think oh, when we were doing the Bible study, it taught of uh, speak truth with love. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So you have to speak Jesus to people. So for me, I have to speak the word over myself before I even go there because I call it a flesh-eating disease. I hear flesh-eating disease. I want to fight because that's my natural thing to fight. But I have, to, I have to renew my mind all the time in the word of God before I even think about the flesh, which is to fight. But... To be able to do that is not just for it's not just in I like God gives us His word to direct us, but for me, He knows I need people alongside me. So I would say for me, the biggest part would be to get yourself a solid foundation or people that you know that are going to correct you. They, they will correct you if you step out of line, and but they also want to cheer you on and see you do well. So I think. For me, it's really important for me to hear that solid person there, and that is totally what God's given us at Turriff. Brilliant. Darren, you want to feed on that? I have a lot of reflective, I reflect off a lot of it now, but I think it's also, for me, it's very important to rem remember that nobody's got to hear the same opinion in us, and, and, and <laughs> uh, clearly, uh, there's a name, but you've got to respect other folks' opinions and things as well. But I always mind when I became my dad and things, I stepdad and things to the Bairns, I always mind getting to it, to pick your bottles. I mind getting told up with Bairns, and I'm not saying nobody's the same as Bairns, but it's, it's, it is the same. There's some things it's just not worth getting caught up on, and you spend too much time on that. So I think it, if you get too caught up in these things, then that is far as destruction. But again, it's about being able to try and reflect ourselves back to the Word, make sure our foundation is still right, and also, for, so we can't reflect that in other folks' lives. And if they, if they choose not to do that, then that's up to them. Okay? Like we can't mark them do it. And we've always got in mind, but we can't mark people do that. If we could mark it, people do that, then this churches would be full of our own world again. But um, we've just got in mind it. We've got to respect people. And, and that's attractive to people as well. That's attractive to people. And if people are, know that you're interested in their opinion, 
end things as well. So, very good. Um, so, when you speak about planting a church, people just see the Sunday service and people hear Sunday service. But again, the Ewings is, is hard very deliberately for the start. Wasn't it just about the men event on a on a Sunday? But it was about the prayer and discipleship. A kind of weekly prayer. Uh, weekly discipleship stuff. How important has that been for you apart from the, the process? Again, we can concentrate on Sunday. It's a main event, far speaking, far as a worship team. How important if, is it for you to lay out foundation of praying together and going through the Word of God together? So, for the prayer side, um, the prayer side really just, we were doing out, me and Danella used to meet up with James and Linda Strachan, like I said before, we even met up with you, Kevin. So um, at the very beginning, we were pushing in prayer and, and seeking God and seeking his guidance with things. So for us to then turn a waff with that would just be total, to us, madness. So um, that was something that was really easy for us to just continue to do because it was no change. Okay, it was like, uh, as a priority. Even if we didn't open the door in the next service, that is the priority, is this prayer meeting. So that was always a thing. It, went to, it should be seen in the church. And if that's seen, the people coming in, then, they, then just know that as part of the foundation straight away. Yeah. But for the discipleship, you wouldn't Yeah, I think with prayer as well, there's a, there's a unity or something mm-hmm. special. But everybody coming together in unity and prayer, um, even mm-hmm. if you know somebody's praying for you, you just... You, you you just hear a sense that it's going to be okay. So I think uh, prayer was really important for us. Just the unity and mm-hmm. just we would never ever know what God was wanting us to say unless we prayed. You can mm-hmm. so like up in heaven just knew we've got loads of bowls mm-hmm. <laughs> ready to tip all over Hopefully. in Turriff. Um <laughs> So you can we've got bowls of prayers about the youth and the elderly mm-hmm. and this and that and they're all ready to be poured. Up doing in, in Turriff. Um, so prayer is the biggest key. You can. It's our relationship with our Father, so it's really important. Yeah. Um, and the discipleship, well, the discipleship it, thing mm-hmm. for me is, I think I rattle on more about that than you. The discipleship. The thing that we always, I mean, we always used to say was, the last thing we went is in a building full of folkies, mm-hmm. they're in on a Sunday, and that's it. That's, that's mm-hmm. the last thing we would do. You can, like, mm-hmm. we, if that's a case, we could do that. We could be doing that in Mint La. <laughs> okay, we could be doing that closer aim, Aye. but we now would be traveling all the way here to do that. We want it to be people that's really getting to connect yeah, yeah. with Jesus, yeah. and um, about the foundation, making sure that foundation's right because we didn't want them to be years down the line ourselves as much as others to still be drinking this milk mm-hmm. in the different areas. You're mm-hmm. laying your foundation in your life, and then our, so we've got we had tick tick boxes and certain things in our life. But like we ministry was on you us, so we was like, okay, we'll get the foundation right in this, mm-hmm. and then we could build on it. But yeah, until we yeah. get the foundation right, then we couldn't build on it. So yeah, yeah, God, mm-hmm. yeah. I think with discipleship as well, um, I I often think oh, um, mm-hmm. like uh, the you you can change like you can't save everybody. Uh, you know, you can't like mm. as people say, oh, you can help one person. Uh, you can you can't help everybody, but you can help one person. I think sometimes that with discipleship is so important for us as Christians to disciple each other. Mm-hmm. So just one person, if you can really just come along one aside one person and disciple them so their foundations are right in the mm-hmm. Lord, then that's then when God can build on it. So he might build a ministry on that foundation. He might build evangelistic I don't know, missionary person that goes all over the world on that foundation, but God will never be able to build on a foundation that isn't as solid in Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's so important when we're first, when somebody's first saved for us to speak Jesus to them straight away and the foundations have to be right. It's like back to the opinions. Everybody's got had different opinions, but your foundation has to be right. You can, we have to all have the same foundation. Mm. Um, so that would be... I think is, I think, sorry, I think as well, we us, because we're only every Sunday as well, so when we first started doing the Bible studies, we were only once a month at this time, mm-hmm. so it was a long time before seeing other people, and you're just built, somebody was walking at the church for the first time, mm-hmm. you didn't see them again for another month, and sometimes they weren't coming back, so we were, felt like it's important to get something else in every week, so you still was getting that contact <coughs> with them every mm-hmm. week, that yeah. was very important for us as well. Get connections, I guess it goes back to what Jesus says, he didn't say 
go into a church service. Mm-hmm. He says, go and make disciples. Yeah, yeah. Kind of that's your foundation, then services. is obviously great to come together yeah. as well. So the story goes, you plant a church, it's once a month on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. It's gospel, it's testimonies, it's taking people for here, it's doing worship. I was involved with that um, once a month, and then people came for this church, people came for other churches, and I was, we did that for a year, and it was great to see during that year, you did your weekly prayer and discipleship, marking connections, um, but behind the scenes after a year, we sort of sensed that we couldn't just keep on going once a month on a Saturday, and I remember I had spoke to our leadership, and I was like, what are you thinking? I was thinking, I think it's almost time to just say Sunday morning. But of course, there's got to be different challenges. We are, and I mind speaking to yourself, Darren, and saying, look, I think Sunday morning would have to change it to Sunday morning to get established in Tilith. And you would already been thinking, let's go for this. But as well, changing it for a Saturday night <laughs> to a Sunday morning meant that we wouldn't see you much here and we couldn't. If it has been the exciting things about, hey, gone Sunday morning, and if it has been the challenging things that you have found. Challenging Angus. (laughs) 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 He's definitely the most challenging. Um, Well, like you said, like we had everybody was coming along, the majority of the people we had coming along was guys from here that we were getting supported from, and then the other support we've got, they've got, got guys that go to the other churches that go to service at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I remember thinking, we're after he did. We've got like maybe two or three folk that might come now and then. And, and, but that's not enough to go and move to a Sunday. But at the same time, you just, in your head, I was something pushing you to do it. So I mind from the bit, um, was turning off and I said, well, look, if, it's, if it ends up being just me, me and Danella, and uh, a couple of other folks that have been helping out the leaders at the time. Uh, if it ended up being just us, then it's just got to be just us and wait to see if it goes. Got a D. We were just got an eight D. It sounds a bit bizarre, but we're like, this is what we're getting an eight D. And um, then we turned up on a. I mind turning up, and I had been speaking, and it was my first time speaking. And um, I was opening the service up. I think it was it was a recorded service from here, and uh, I was pretty nervous. And I mind sitting and I went to go get water for the shop 15 minutes before one there was nobody else in the building nobody in the building at all and I was like oh well at least if I do speak there's only just me there like for 15 minutes and we'll just enjoy Kevin speaking and I went to go get water and um, I came back in the building and every seat we had put out was full for folk for Torif area and the surrounding areas and I was just blown away and it was like God provided in that service that was a worry we had like it wasn't a worry we would have had before but then, going on for there, it got a bit trickier because we thought, we can't just rely on it streaming all the time. So it's made some of us get like, out of, come out of our, take another step of faith again. Like we've had to, I've had to learn how to do a sermon. We've had other folks stepping out. We're trying to get it, with they just get it on me, but we're trying to do it and balance it through the whole church and get everybody to step out their zones. So that's been quite challenging because not everybody is always wanting to do it at the same time, but God has really helped us and put it in folks' hearts, and folk have just done it. They've just done it, and, and says, well, if, that's all I'm getting, if I'm getting asked to do it to the Lord, I've got to do it, and it's been amazing seeing some of these people grow, okay, and like, we, even in our Bible study, we've got a woman, Helen, and um, we was like, oh, how are we meant to do a Bible study? We've been be Christians six years, we can't have to be doing Bible studies. I haven't even and, read the whole Bible. <laughs> okay, <and> it's just <laughs> like, like just and to be leading other folk in that as well, like this woman Helen, she didn't want to get part at the start. She's not here today. She couldn't mark it, but um, she uh, says, "Oh, I'm just got to be a woman's seat. I'm not got to get involved." But God had different plans for her, and ah, like she, this is a woman that's sat in the closed brethren church, didn't get to speak on her hand before. She is just to sit and listen, but God has given her all this knowledge over the years to then come into Bible study with us, and is teaching us massively, like. Honestly, what our t- teaching she's got, like an amazing gift. So, again, it's not, like everybody's getting pushed out their comfort zones, taken into unknown territory to do the things that we were worrying about, like just hanging out people to do church. Because if you're not going to speak or you're not going to worship, you start thinking, what have we got to do? But we've just been blessed. We like Glenda, everything as well. It's just been amazing. 
Brilliant. And again, being a pastor with a, with the church, are some things you just kind of be trained for, or things you could do three years Bible college, but some moments that you nothing prepares you for. Mm. I remember journeying through years, and Brian had went through Teen Challenge, he'd got and saved, got involved in the church, and then unfortunately, he suddenly passed away. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a mom that's grieving, but looking for the pastors of the church to help to go through a grieving process and to be part of the service as well, the funeral service. And again, nothing can prepare you for that moment. It doesn't matter whether you've read a five, five books, been through the training. So how do you, as you feel, ill-equipped, new church, um, never through a training process, like other official ministers, how did you suddenly find that moment that there was a woman there looking to you for comfort and hope and other difficulties? How did you navigate that? Uh, it was really hard the, when, when we found you that Brian had passed away because it was on our way up to the youth club. We were literally a while to open the door and we found you he passed away. So when these things happen, we realize that these happen when you're sitting here in your dinner. They happen when you were doing ministry at the time. They, they happen. Um, and you, you have to, we had to get on with it. We had to get on with the youth club and we had to, we had to do it. And it was, it was hard because it was at the time for that had happened on the Friday. And then on the Monday, you were a while to work a while in a training course um, for about four days in Birmingham. And then our youth alpha trip at the weekend was on the Friday. So it was such a busy, the whole week was so busy. But ah, uh, that kind of had to stop because you you can Brian had passed away, so it was really hard. That's when we had to we had to split up. You can we had to be right, Darren. You have to you, you can he he was called to go and sit with Brian's mom and um, took her through that process. For I took care of the other things, but I took care of the other things like the youth club and uh, the trip, but it actually, when I say I took care of it, I passed it to my team. Mm-hmm. So you can, I've got, uh, like we've bathed got so much to be thankful for God because these things happen, but if it wasn't for, you can, Glenda and, and Donna, and um, there was like James and Linda, and there was these people that they went and they, they did the work, you can, they did the work. So. I was at home with the family and stuff, and I was getting them ready. They went and did the work. Like, even this morning, me and Darren are in our house. It's Glenda and Mark who went and picked up the youth in Turra, if you can. So when we're sitting here, we're sitting here, but I say I'm the best delegator. Like, I delegate Ahan. So you can, it's the team that helped us get through Brian because they were there even when, like, Darren had to go through the process. Kevin, you took a lot of time with him to speak to him and stuff about it. So, like, your leadership and everything plays a massive part in how we are the leaders that we are. Because we're leading at the front, we took our example for Kevin because he's leading. We took our example for Jesus, but God's given us Kevin in the earth, uh, you know, earthly here, Kevin's present at this time. So, you can we rely a lot on his leadership to guide us because we're naive we take if it's gone on so i would say f- for us f- for my part on that would be the leadership side of it and and looking at them to guide us through that sad time but y- yours would be different because you were kind of on the on the field <laughs> doing the work <laughs> uh, well i do i was mine this kind of conversation like i may say no if it happens if there's a death. If it happens if there's a wedding, and if it happens if there's this, and if it happens if there's heaps of things I had rattled after you, and I'm standing here, the new, and think all that things on there <laughs> if that happened. And I'm like, man, like, that's been so quick. I thought it might have been like two, three years before we were training on the ground, before we went through these things. But God doesn't work that way. And like I say, I had your cell, and I've, in a place that I work, I work at a mission. But I had other people around about me, like God had placed you in a place at the right time. Like I had uh, Kenny Brandy and I had uh, Miriam Kemp uh, for the Fisherman's Mission, um, able to help alongside with Kevin uh, to tell, like show you how to do a funeral. Like 
I never thought, I won't excuse my wife, thought I would never be a part of, would be my own, never mind, <laughs> <laughs> never mind, you know, nobody else is, Ken, like me, it's just madness, Ken, um, but, so you, you had great people to support you and help you, and that's what it is, it's that unity of people who are different, not just the church, or was it people from Fisherman's Mission and everything as well, and James Strzok again, and, um, but it was hard, it, it was, but the time I got to spend, I got to, we ended up coming up a couple of times as well, we, uh, Brian's mom and stepdad. Got time to speak about the Lord. It was time to, to share a bit of scripture. Every time we went there and left, we didn't leave without praying. Mm-hmm. I guess it was things that, as women, wasn't a Christian. It's the only Christian background she would have had was Brian when he came through Teen Challenge and he would mark her watch to King's Church Online during COVID. Mm-hmm. So even though it was a really horrible time, like it was, it was really hard. It really shook us because it showed us our responsibility. There was so much God was dealing in the midst of it. So much. And they just thought he's gave us this through art. We've got us hurt, new. We've got always had a hurt for people, but like for people with addiction and things. We're right next to like Torre for near far face and the connections with Sonny Bray and everything in the building as well. Um is amazing. But He's given us a bigger heart for these people that's got to be coming through the doors as well. So, like, yes, it was sad about Brian and things, but uh, God's used a lot of that for his glory as well. I think for people that didn't recognize as well, is Ewan's were gone through a grieving process because you miss Brian. So you carry the the feelings of missing a friend, plus you've got to step in and fulfill a compassionate role. I had so much plans for him. Uh, I had said, you're doing this, Brian, you're doing that, and uh, I told God what I had planned. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to grieve that. (laughs) But yeah, it was, God's so good to us, so he really helped us get through that, did he? Difficult moments. Um, Abdi's been very patient. There's only two more questions. We don't really speak about us so much for for the pulpit, but um, you've both got jobs, you've both got family, three kids, Mm -hmm. the demands of ministry life as well can be such well nev- you're never off duty your phone's always there you're always contactable um how has it affected uh, your dynamic in your household you're ever present at the church how is the, the demands and affected mm. your, your home environment i i would probably be worse for this in in fit danella would be um, I'll tell you before she tells you in a minute. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll get in there first. Um, I would be quite bad. I, God, I've, God is helping me in that area, and, and slowly, again, slowly. But I'm quite bad for, like you say, picking the phone up and just dropping that in and finding that trap. Mm-hmm. Ah, and I always goes first before family, and um, it's near good. Like it sounds good, but it's near because the family. That should be our first port of call, and uh, again, like I've done, he's got a massive feed by the end of this. But Kevin's been—I could have seen, thought I've seen this in the past, and how it's meant to be about other other people and that. But mm-hmm. Kevin's been good at trying to make sure when they get too caught up and be too busy, and this gives that we reminder for you to see it and as well, like dinner, reminding your family comes for a spend mm-hmm. when it was holidays. You were like, make sure you spend that time with the holidays. Mm-hmm. Don't get caught up in doing other things. And it's good that you've got that air, that little reminder, because it's that little reminders that you're like, okay, no, I mean, Kevin's saying mm-hmm. you've got to do that. Like, I mean, Danella, like, I, I do, you, you deserve a medal with me sometimes, like, because I, oh, I'm, I'm, I don't <laughs> even tell her half the time, like, I'll just go a while, do something, and she'll be like, where are you? Uh-huh. I go, I'm a while, such and such, and she's like, we've got, we're waiting for you to aim. Uh-huh. So that uh, has been a massive challenge for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mere so we, the stepdaughters, because like my eldest dean, she's, then I see her as much, because she's 18, she's got a car, she's doing whatever I want, but uh, so at moments, so when she is wanting to probably be with about you, I'm near there for them, Ken, as much as I would, so I would say that would be, it's not a good thing for me to be doing, like, so that's it, it might downfall, but. <laughs> I would never have mentioned that. <laughs> Love does the cast up wrong. It's, it is really, really hard, I would say. Um, the biggest thing I would think that we're learning and we're growing in 
And when we're sitting here, do not think that we're a perfect couple because <laughs> no. we certainly are not. Um, we argue about church. <laughs> we argue time. about God. All the time. <laughs> All the time. So, but for me, it's just communication. It's just, as a woman, I don't care if other women are here, but for myself, I want him to listen to me and I want him to hear. Even if it's complete and utter nonsense, I have to vocalize what I have to say because... I kind of process it. I have to vocalize it. So I kind of feel their women are the same here. So he, you are really patient with me. So it's the communication, I would say, that is the biggest thing in your life. And if our communication's right in our household, between ourselves two, it'll be right with the kids, it'll be right with work, it'll be right with the church. So for, our communication is getting slightly better. So I would say uh, that would be the part yeah, that... Slightly. Jeremy Kyle show, but I want to start that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say communication. I would say oh, that's, a, that's the key to, to helping it. And we're, I think we're in um, our first level of communication. <laughs> We've got like another 60 years worth of lev- uh, communication to go. Good. Again, you mentioned like about my head getting big. Or <laughs> <laughs> but you and I are learning for my mistakes. You said so much mistakes. Communication. So finally, let's end on a really positive note. Again, you've got IR people here supporting you. Mm. Uh, fit has been your highlights. Fit is your highlights through our help process. And then we've got to pray for you. <coughs> and oh, up until last week, we had, there's heaps of different things that's happened over a, a time. We've got heaps of amazing stories probably to say, but we hear our day. But my last week was my absolute even if if it stopped right now last week completed it and done it mm-hmm. uh, uh, um one of our one of our youth uh, one of our youth uh, so uh, i will tell a quick story but so at the very beginning you heard about our neighbor it was annoying danilla's mom about getting to go to church well this same neighbor actually came along to a service for like it will be our first or second time. Was well, our first service? I first service. She came along to. Uh, she was just coming along to visit, and um, and on that service, we had our first salvation. We had our first salvation. It's just like God's just got a little wise. I like speaking. It's like that's the very reason. Like uh, her obedience, right. or oh, annoying Danella's mom. Right. We uh, off our invite uh, was a big part of the reason why we're sitting here today. And uh, then we had our first salvation, me, Elad, over there. And like, if all we, if we was to stop now, if God says, right, that's you done, that up would be it. We've, we've seen a salvation, a 15 year old loon can turn to Christ. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if there's only, obviously, we went to see Mayor, we went to see Thor of, we went to see Thor of Revival there again, same like you guys, we went to see here, we, we, you guys in Fraserburgh. But, we're seeing that one person, that's a life, life transformed, Ken, and um, I, it's just, that mm-hmm. to me, Ken, like, that to me, we have got so much Aye. things that's happened, but that would Aye. be. That would be, it just shows um, how funny God is, you can, he, he wants you to, remi- he wants to keep you humble enough and remind you that the reason why we are doing what we're doing now is because that little annoying neighbor that lived next to my mom i actually really love her if she's ever got to hear this she's I, I, she's a very wise lady and um she invited her and my mom never took the invitation but my mom passed it to me and i took it on my mom and dad have now came to the lord so they're now saved but it just shows you the obedience of one person you do not have a clue what that one person will go on to do. We are doing a church plant, but it's through the obedience of one person. Um, seven years ago, seven years in April, seven years I'll be a Christian. So seven years ago, that one lady was obedient to ask her neighbor, and through that, somebody's been saved in Turriff. That shows you the goodness of God right there. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm just inspired. You've, you've shared a lot of your heart. We didn't all, always get an opportunity even to hear just leadership interpretation of the journey. And I feel inspired that God has got you as exactly far as are needed to be. We understand the process, and we've got to pray for God's blessing. Mm-hmm. We've got to, we really feel as so you and Scaria have just a missional 
heart for that community in Turriff and that their salvation is a first fruit to many more. And uh, we're just going to pray for them. I'm going to ask if we would just stand together as a church. We'll come down here. And I'm going to ask the leadership team to come, come forward. We're delighted to hear a good news of salvation. And Pastor Darren and Danella are a big part of what's going on there in the context of a team as well. And we're speaking to Gary Gibbs. He's the head of evangelism. And we really want just to get him recognized within Tulliff. To be a reverend, you have to go through a massive process of interviews and learning. And, and uh, Gary Gibbs thought it would be just too much of a challenge. But to say, hey, from we here this morning, just pray for him and recognize him as pastors. You don't need a qualification to be a pastor. You need to be recognized within the local fellowship. You can call yourself pastor, evangelist, and just to recognize Darren Danella solidly as pastors of the Turriff Church. This is not a commissioning. This is not them becoming reverence, but this is honoring the call of God that is placed on their life to say, we are recognizing them as a fellowship, as pastors. We've got to call them pastor, Darren Danella, or the Turriff Church. And so it's a special moment for us, and it's a special moment for them. So we're just going to ask, would you, if you're able, stretch forth your hands towards him. Jesus, we are left inspired and then humbled by the grace and goodness of the Lord upon Darren and Delilah's life in such a short period of time. You've snatched them for the fire. You've saved them. You've sanctified them. You've put your fire of Christ upon their lives. You've given them a missional heart that came quickly. You've given them a love, a sense of adventure that came quickly. And we pray and we thank you for their integrity, their heart for prayer, and for Bible study and good foundations. And we thank you that we are pleased to see that they are building on the solid foundation of the gospel and good news. We pray for that team in Turriff. Jesus, we ask for your glory to shine forth as the message of good news goes forth. We pray for the anointing of the living God. We pray for signs, wonders, and miracles. We pray that Darren and Danella, as they send him out here as missionaries, we pray for the missional heart to grow. We pray for people to get saved as we anoint them to be pastors within that area. We thank you for their shepherd's heart to come and to seek and to save that which was lost and once they're found to look after them. And we pray, God, that the heart of care would be the true heart of the shepherd. And we pray that all the provision of heaven would be made available to them as they seek to see your work done in Turriff. We know it's a spiritual battle, but we thank you they are mighty to save Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please put your hands together for Darren Danella. Pastor Darren Danella. Bless us.